0: Thank you, Dan and choir for beautiful, glorious worship today. Turn your Bibles again to this very odd passage, seldom preached upon passage about smells and fragrances and aromas and life and death. And I dare say you, you've heard very few sermons probably out of this particular passage. Just let's read it again. It's so difficult. Second Corinthians chapter two and verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are the fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, an aroma from death to death. To the other, an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many, peddling the word of God. But as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. All that fragrance you love, there's nothing like it in the whole world. What's your favorite smell, that chemical combination that dazzles your olfactory nerve? Is it the salty smell of a sea breeze? You smell it every summer when you're on vacation. It means to you no calls, no decisions, no stress. Do you savor the smell of the sea? Is that your favorite smell? Is it the smell of your dad? That leather chair, Old Spice and apple tobacco Open his closet door and the smell is there. Sit in his favorite chair and it is as if he's wrapped his loving arms around you. The smell of dad associated with security and protection and help and well, sometimes money too. Huh? The aroma of dad. Smells have an odd effect on you, Amarillo has a unique smell. It's not that pungent chemical burn that you get in those cities that are producing energy resources or paper mills. It's not that kind of smell. I would say it's more bovine in nature if I had to describe it. And to many of us who live in Amarillo, it it is a smell of home. It's a smell of livelihood. It's a smell that we welcome when others might reject that smell. Or how about that special person in your life? No one else smells exactly like she. You're happy, but you're overcome by that host of warm emotions every time you inhale her perfume. Literally, your body responds, is invigorated by this one-of-a-kind aroma, and other women can splash on that same perfume, but her chemistry works in tandem with that perfume and a unique blend that represents all of who she is. Well. Realizing the power of perfume is really, really old. The wisest man ever to live, Solomon said, and I quote, How much better your love than wine, and the scent of your perfumes than all the spices. Even Solomon loved the smell of perfume. Would you believe making our homes smell better is a, in 2016, was a 6.4% billion-dollar market. How how long do you watch TV Does somebody has a way to make your home smell better? Marketers try to control our olfactory environment. They have decided that if we experience certain smells, we'll have certain emotions, we'll have behavioral responses that they can actually guide and predict. If you go to the Cineplex, what do they want you to smell? Hot popcorn, right? Because then they can sell you a bag and it's about the price you make monthly installments and you'll get that popcorn paid for. Don't you dare order a large drink with that because it'll be a 30 year plan. There you go, popcorn. If you go into Lowe's, where they want you to smell fresh. Cut lumber. Now, you may never hear or see a 2x4 cut at Lowe's, but it makes you want to dive in the DIY. Well, you want to redo something when you smell sawdust, and it really gets you going. And, well, some of these are easier than others. Starbucks, nobody's going to miss that one, right? At Starbucks, they sell food. Do you ever smell chicken at Starbucks, chicken salad? No, they want you to smell one thing and one thing only, and that is freshly brewed coffee. Nike discovered that they have a certain scent that the stores will put it out around their shoes, that you are 80% more likely to purchase tennis shoes with a certain smell that they use. And in fact, one stop, a gas station-type convenience store, discovered that if they manufacture the smell of fresh coffee, that their coffee sales increased 300%. Yes, everybody around you cares what you smell and what you experience because it'll move you to predictable behavior. Now, researchers tell us, you may or may not have known this, the smell is unlike your other senses. The 75% of our emotions and memory are triggered by smell, and our other senses are processed through the analytical part of our, our brain, but our sense of smell goes to our limbic system first and foremost, and so it isn't diverted, it isn't analyzed, we just smell something and immediately we feel the emotions and the memories of the moment. I actually found a company called Aromatech, that works with businesses to brand their smell. Like every business has a logo. I hope you know ours by now, the little arches. Well, they say that every business and really every person ought to have their distinguishable smell. And so they work with companies. And when you smell that smell, you think about their products and their services. And well, Aromatech says, let us work with you to manufacture that one and only aroma for your business. New car smell. You ever smelled that? That's not just the leather. It's a little additive there, and it lasts about six weeks after you buy the car, and it's there to influence you to buy if Aromatech sat down with you and your family and said, well, for the Smith household, for the Johnson household, what's the smell we want to achieve? What represents you best? What would it be? Well, you might say there'd be too many smells that all run together. Not so, says the University of New York. The Science Journal, they published an article that says that your nose can distinguish a trillion different smells. A trillion different different smells. Don't miss it, guys. March the 31st is National Fragrance Day. Don't, don't miss. That's just around the corner. Not everybody is happy about the importance of smells. All the way back to the first century, the Roman writer Pliny the Elder, he raged against perfumes. He says, ladies, if you buy pearls, you can give pearls to your heirs. And even if you buy clothes, your clothes will last a long time. But the moment you open the perfume, it is spent that very hour. It's the most superfluous purchase available, said The first century writer. And sense of smell has become a big deal these days. One company, Serrano Sciences, is trying to create an artificial nose that will be able to smell things. And you would say, well, why would that be important? If you run a, a big warehouse, a refrigerated warehouse, this artificial nose would sense rotting smells in the fridge before a natural nose or maybe in the future fire detectors won't operate off the the smoke itself the the sight of smoke but rather will operate off the smell of smoke which is much faster than the sight of smoke and even doctors are saying that some Diseases like lung cancer or diabetes that triggers a certain smell might be able to be diagnosed with one of these artificial noses. Now, this is the wildest thing I discovered about smell this week. Well, there's a company called DigiSense. They want to put something on your computer. It's somewhere between a speaker and a printer. So, ladies, your Browsing Amazon or whatever you shop for a perfume, and you say, Wonder what that smells like. They try to describe it, but you click on the button, and there your eye smell emits the smell of perfume. And you can say, That's for me, or That's not for me. Can you imagine watching a Wendy's commercial? The fries are shown, but in your eye smell, you actually smell the fries. Get into your car and go immediately and buy the fries. The new leather smell on the car commercials. You see, we could experience things in a whole new way with the eye smell when it becomes popular. Well, you see how powerful it is? And then there's the Proust effect, named after the famous novelist who was plunged back into his childhood by the smell of a cookie dipped in tea. Smells are that way. You go over to your friend's house, you volunteer to wash the dishes, you're washing the dishes and your eyes tear up and you don't know why. It makes you think of your grandmother because your friend you just discovered uses the same dish soap that your grandmother used and all the memories of your grandmother come flooding back. Why all this about noses and smells and aromas and fragrances? Paul is talking about fragrance here. He uses the word aroma here. In Paul's mind, of course, is deeply embedded his sense of Jewishness, his Jewish ancestry. And when you read the Old Testament, where's the nose? It's on God. God in the Old Testament over and over again is a God with a really big nose who's in heaven and he inhales the sweet savor of the sacrifices of his people. God is the breathing God, the smelling God of the Old Testament. Think back to Genesis chapter eight after the flood. Noah builds an altar, and we're told in Genesis 8:21. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man. God smelled the sacrifice from Noah. Or in Exodus 29, it's much the same. Speaking of the sacrifice, God says, You shall take them from the hands of the people and offer them up in a smoke on the altar on the burnt offering for a soothing aroma before the Lord. It is an offering by fire to the Lord. Exodus twenty nine, twenty five. The same thing again in Numbers 15.3. We could play this game a long time. God cares what smells come to heaven, and he wants the savory, sweet smell of the sacrifice, which says to God, I live in covenant with these people. They are sorry for their sins. They have sacrificed to me, recognizing me as creator, and they live in covenant with me. In Revelation, the prayers of the saints are so sweet-smelling to God that he sends the angels and says, collect those in some bowls. Collect the, the aroma of the prayers of my people in bowls. Well, look at chapter 2, verse 14 again. But thanks be to God. All of a sudden, the tone changes for the Apostle. It is characteristic of Paul sometimes to be riding along and then all of a sudden he flips over to a a hymn-like language. That's what we have here. But thanks be to God who always leads us in the triumph of Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Christ always leads us in that triumphal parade is a picture of a victorious Roman general. Now, here's your background to this text about fragrance and aroma. It's two. One, it's God in the Old Testament breathing in the sacrifices, the sweet aroma from the hands of his priest, a gift from his people. The other image is the Roman general who's gone out and conquered another people, another warring people, and he's been victorious, and he's coming back with all those enslaved behind him. He has the the large balls of incense and they're swinging them in a religious-like way back and forth. And so there's this parade of victory with the aroma of the wind of the Roman general. And all the captives are chained behind coming in the smell of the sweet spice. The captives, unfortunately and brutally, were most often slaughtered in honor of the victorious general, and so that smell of the aroma of the parade of war was a smell of victory to the Romans and a smell of death to the defeated soldiers. Notice that's what he says here in verse 15. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one. It is aroma from death to death, the captive prisoners to the other. It's aroma of life to life. You see, the same incense represents two different things. Those in the city of Corinth had said to Paul, because you suffer... You're not really an apostle because you struggle sometimes and don't have all the power. Paul, you're not really a true apostle. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul corrects him verses 9 through 13, and he says something like this For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like men condemned to die in the arena. We've made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. He's getting sarcastic. You are honored, but we are dishonored to this very hour. We go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. Paul is insisting that his suffering does not, in fact, nullify his power as an apostle, but rather it reveals more clearly the power of God. God's glory is made manifest In Paul's suffering, the knowledge of God emits that distinctive aroma that spreads everywhere. To some, it's a smell of life. To others, it's the smell of death. Well, look at verse 15. For we are the fragrance of Christ to God. It is Christ offering himself up on the cross. It is the ultimate and final sacrifice. It is Christ, the true Lamb of God, that replaces all the old sacrifices that God breathed in in the Old Testament. Ephesians 5, 2, Paul writes it this way, Christ loved us and gave himself for a fragrant offering. Christ loved us and gave himself, what is this, to God? A fragrant offering of sacrifice to God. Ephesians 5, 2. Paul is saying, we are the Roman that belongs to Christ. Paul and his fellow workers were agents who spread the fragrant odor that emanates from Christ. You and I should live our lives in such a Christ-like fashion. our demeanor, our behavior, our grace that people say when we walk by. Is that the fragrance of Christ? Ever open that refrigerator door and go, man, do you smell that? Something stinks in here. We've got to clean out that refrigerator. A bad smell can really turn your stomach. I had one friend who went on a honeymoon and came back and, well, it, it, his car just kept stinking. It kept stinking, stinking. He washed it out. He vacuumed it out. It kept stinking. He was just desperate. His car was ruined, and so he, he finally took the front seats out. It seemed to be the area of the smell, and he flipped it over, and his groomsman had taped fish to the bottom of the of the seat. and. Now, fish doesn't smell good when it's fresh, so you imagine in the sun and the hot car and the fish now two weeks old. And don't do that to anybody on their car, But, but that's what they did. Wow, the stink of that fish. According to a nationwide survey, the worst odor that we can come up with is that of a skunk. That is supposed to be number one. Rotten eggs is number two. And Dad will agree a dirty diaper is number three. That's the order of terrible smells. In fact, Pam Dalton and her team at Monell Chemical Scent Center in Philadelphia are looking for the world's worst odor. They say when you need crowd control, don't tear gas them. You just shoot out this stink bomb and the crowd will clear because it is, it is so terrible They're looking for it. Sometimes I fear we're pretty smelly ourselves. Maybe we're not patient or kind or loving or forgiving. Maybe it's a blast of our quick temper at work. Maybe it's our ingratitude to the kindness of those around us. Maybe it's our pride, maybe it's our jealousy, maybe it's our lust, maybe it's our materialism, but it stinks. And When the world walks by, what kind of aroma do they receive from you? Are we indeed, verse 15, we are the fragrance of Christ. If it smells bad, you won't buy it. And neither will anybody else. That car that doesn't smell right, used car salesmen spent a lot of time on the smell of the fabric. If the house stinks, nobody, you get the picture. It has to smell right, or you're not buying it. So it is, Paul says. To God, when people are obedient to him in the Old Testament, there's a sweet smell, the smell of obedience of the sacrifice. In fact, in Amos 521, God says to his people, I reject, I hate your festivals. I do not like the smell when you worship. Go look it up. Amos 521, I do not like the smell when you worship. You come in and you sing praises to me, but you've lived in such a way all week, you're taking advantage of others. And well, when you get together, it's just a stitch, God says. And your music is just noise to God. How do we smell the people? How do you smell the people? How do I smell the people? Do we live our lives in such a way that the aroma of the fragrance of Christ permeates us? The Roman general, during his procession, that religious decorum would wave the incense, fragrance filled the air. To one, it was a fragrance of life. To another, a fragrance of death. Another thing we see here is the gospel is the sword that divides. To some, the gospel brings life and freedom. To others, it's a death sentence. It represents captivity. The effects, the aroma, are twofold. Paul says, it is life or it is death. It's like the Roman general coming in. Some people smell that fragrance he's burning and go, man, we've been victorious again. And the others in chains behind say, we're about to die. 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul says the same thing another way. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. What is the gospel to you? Foolishness or the very power of God itself. How we respond to the preaching of the gospel determines our eternal fate. Life or death. Saved or perishing? Paul is saying something like this. I don't smell sweet to everyone, but don't dismiss me. The apostle says that he's carrying around on him the death of Jesus. And only those who are perishing are repelled by the message and the messenger. But to God it is the sweet aroma of the sacrifice of Christ. To those who are being saved is a reminder that God has assured them if anybody in Corinth is taken back by Paul's thorn in the side or his suffering then they have not fully understood the significance of the death of Jesus he finishes in verse 17 we don't peddle the word of God like others those who are peddling wares they've got to adjust what they're selling to meet what you want Paul says it's not that way with us. We're not changing the gospel story. Anytime congregation that we or the church at large is tempted to sugarcoat the gospel, we have made a terrible mistake. It shall always be the fragrance of life to some and the condemnation of death to those who reject it. Just like that incense in the Roman parade, victory or defeat? How does the gospel smell to you today? Have you embraced the gospel with its story of life and hope, its story of victory in Christ Jesus? Or have you this morning rejected the gospel of Christ, the good news story? Have you rejected the people of Christ, the church, the bride of Christ? Does it all stink to you this morning? It's one or the other. The gospel divides all humanity. And not only how does the gospel smell to you, but how do our lives smell to others who need to be drawn to the gospel? How do we as a a church, when we gather in worship this morning, does God say, I can't stand the smell, it is a stench to me when you worship? Or does God breathe in the aroma of our sincerity as an acceptable and pleasing sacrifice? When you walk by, do people say, well, there, I really do sense the fragrance of Christ. How do we smell? How do I smell? How do you smell to God? How do others around us take in the whiff when we walk by? The scent of the crucified Christ, the smell, the fragrance of life and salvation, or the stench of death, the fragrance of Christ. There is no aroma like it. Let us pray. Oh, God, we're reminded this morning that the gospel divides us in two. We're either part of the victory parade of the resurrected Jesus, or we stand condemned by our own rejection of the gospel, the good news, the hope, the resurrection, the church, the people of God. It's up to us. The gospel has been preached this morning, O oh God, and there are only two possible responses. It lifts us to life or it damns us to death because we reject it. And God, may we ponder anew this morning how our own lives either draw or repulse others to your kingdom and to your people. And may you receive the fragrance of our worship this morning as a sweet savor. Amen.